This is D23 Inside Disney. We are going to take you through some of the best Disney stories of the week, get you an inside look at the people behind the magic of Disney. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And we're the hosts that will take you inside Disney. I was going to say reunited and it feels so good, but that's so cheesy. It's not cheesy. It's not cheesy. It's great to see you. Reunited and it feels... Sorry. Sorry, Jeffrey shaking his head. We're back for the podcast, guys. Yay. It does feel so good. It does. We have so much to talk about today. We do. We do. I saw Onward. You did? How was it? I saw Onward. I loved it. And it was everything like that little clip totally gave us a taste of from the expo where it was... You're laughing, you're crying, you're laughing, you're crying. Honestly, I felt like I might need a mood stabilizer after because I was, <laughs> I kept going from such deep laughs to like ugly crying in the theater and embarrassing like myself next to my friends. Trademark <laughs> Pixar. Totally. True. Totally. Laugh, cry, laugh, cry, laugh, cry. Cannot wait for that movie. But the big news for us is a road, road trip. trip. We are taking a road trip. So for all of you listening out there, We are headed to Walt Disney World. We will be there for the opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And we will be doing our second ever video podcast there from right in front of the Chinese Theater. Oh, this I is can't so exciting. Wait. Visit d23.com for more information and tune in next Wednesday to watch the video podcast. Yay. Love it. But before our road trip, we have a very exciting guest coming on later today, Robert Maxheimer, the exhibitions manager from Walt Disney Archives. Yeah, he's going to talk to us about the new Walt Disney Archives 50th anniversary exhibit opening at the Bowers Museum down there in Santa Ana, California. Sounds like a road trip to me. Oh, another Yay. road trip. So many road trips. So many roads <laughs> to trip upon. <laughs> All right, well, we have a lot of Disney news this week, starting with Disney Channel Fan Fest. It is coming back, and the good part about this is not only is it going to be at Disneyland Resort, it's also going to expand to Walt Disney World Resort this May. So it's going to kick off in Anaheim Saturday, May 9th. Then it's going to travel down to Walt Disney World during the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival over three weekends. So the weekends of May 16th, 23rd, and 30th, you can catch Disney Channel Fan Fest. So if you guys have never been to this, this is like... Like a chance for you to mix and mingle with some of the cast of your favorite Disney Channel shows. There's lots of fun activities for you. This year they're going to have Disney Quizney, a trivia challenge. Also a chance for you to learn to draw with the creators of Disney TV animation. There's going to be a sneak peek of the Disney Channel original movie Upside Down Magic. Also the Descendants and Zombies themed dance parties. I, I'm in for that. Right? <laughs> dance You're, like a zombie? Exactly. Or a descendant. Yeah, I'll join you. <laughs> I'm it, into it's that. It's good to be bad. <laughs> I like what you did there. Um, <laughs> photo ops, of course, with Disney Channel stars and a cavalcade down Main Street, USA, which is going to be live streamed on the Parks blog and Disney YouTube channel. So Disney Channel, I love Disney Channel and some of the casts of those shows, as well as Gabby Duran and the Incitables, Raven's Home, Just Roll With It and Sydney to the Max will all be hanging out. Well, also at Walt Disney World. The new Regal Eagle Smokehouse just opened at Epcot. Do not think for one second that we are missing that when we are there. Oh my gosh. Totally going in. I'm bringing my stretchy pants. Right? Give me them ribs. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I mean, I love that it is all themed to our good friend Sam Eagle from the Muppets. And there's a lot of other Muppet infusion in there, which I can't wait for. And I know you guys are going to love the barbecue. There's the Kansas City smoked chicken, the Memphis dry rub pork ribs, a Texas beef brisket sandwich, and... For me, I'm a little bit on more on the vegetarian side. There's a barbecue jackfruit burger. 
Plus, they just opened this really nice patio so you can sit outside when the weather's pretty. I'm really excited to sample. And I'm honestly even more excited to look at all the fun Muppet Easter eggs that they've planted. Same. But we'll see the eating. But same. (laughs) (laughs) Also over at Walt Disney World, we have an opening date for the Mickey Shorts Theater, which is opening at Disney's Hollywood Studios on March 4th, which is... By the way, the same day that the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction opens. Woohoo! All aboard. Yes. Such good timing. (laughs) All the Mickey, all the time. So (laughs) at the Mickey Shorts Theater, they're going to have Vacation Fun, which is a one of a kind animated short celebrating Mickey and Minnie's favorite vacation memories. Aww. How cute. So we get to see some brand new animation as well as clips from some of our favorite Mickey shorts like Pandemonium, Couple Sweaters, Dumb Luck, (laughs) many more. (laughs) <laughs> I love that you get to step into yes. um, like life-size versions of yeah. the animated world. So I think that's going to be a lot. We're, we're going to have to do some very fun photo ops. We will. Yeah. We have to do that before the smokehouse because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a barbecue sauce mess. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. So I'm very excited about this. Chris Harrison from The Bachelor and Sage Steele from ESPN are going to be hosting the ABC event Volcano Live with Nick Walenda. I don't know if you guys watched the last special that he did where he walked the high wire through Times Square mm, live whoa. on TV. It oh was wild. Oh my gosh, my palms are sweating. It's the craziest <laughs> thing if you've never seen this. Well, he's going to be back and he's going to try to be the first person to do an 1,800 foot long high wire walk over the Messiah Volcano in Nicaragua. Okay, so, that sounds very hot. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, that too. So <laughs> this is going to be the longest and highest high wire walk Nick Walenda has ever attempted. It's going to be a two hour special on March 4th at 8 p.m. on ABC. And I mean, Chris Harrison is like the king of TV teases. So I think it's perfect that he's going to be hosting this <laughs> for true. two hours while we watch this guy walk the high wire. So. so much stuff happening on March 4th. There's our video podcast. And actually, right after our video podcast, Walt Disney Imagineering's From Sketch to Reality is going to be showing also on D23. It's actually a sit-down with some of the Imagineers behind the attraction filmed at Walt Disney Imagineering talking about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So there's a whole lot of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway happening on the 4th, which then will, of course, lead to watching Volcano Live. Yes. Wow. What a culmination. I might be watching (laughs) it in the Animal Kingdom Lodge. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in other exciting news, guys, the child, (laughs) a.k.a. Baby Yoda, but officially the child, there is brand new merch that is hitting store shelves next month. If you have lived under a rock and don't know who that is. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Baby Yoda, the child from The Mandalorian. I mean, just the cutest thing. So on Good Morning America, they showed this brand new animated plush toy. And it is like so. so, It it was so realistic (laughs) too. I thought they'd actually brought an audio animatronic to the studio. It looked just like the character on the Mandalorian. Incredibly realistic. There is also a Baby Yoda Funko Pop, and then even smaller than that is a little Baby Yoda necklace. So you can have the child with you. Take my money. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. From one of our newest. Disney hits to some of our most classic and beloved. We just announced that the fantastic Heroes and Villains, the art of the Disney costume exhibit, which opened at the D23 Expo mm-hmm. last summer, yeah, I remember that. is going to be opening at Mopop, the Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle, Ooh. this October. That's so Very cool. exciting. Wow. You know, so we get the Bowers right now, and then this fall, 
Heading up to Seattle. Oh my gosh, did you? We are? That's a road trip. It's another, well, I I can't promise you guys. I I definitely am going to be checking it out though. They're actually going to bring the Cinderella's workshop, which was so cool with all the different Cinderella dresses, um, including the one from Into the Woods and Cinderella on ABC and Once Upon a Time. The Disney heroes will be represented again, the Disney villains and all the spaces between like the Maleficent and the Evil Queen and Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time. Such an incredible exhibit. I loved getting to get up close to so many of those beautiful, beautiful designs and see the intricate, amazing detail. So visit d23.com for more details on that. Now, also working on this exhibit happens to be my pal, the exhibitions manager from the Walt Disney Archives, Robert Maxheimer, who is here today to talk to us about the exhibit at the Bowers Museum. Welcome, Robert. Hi. Hi, thanks Robert. For, uh, Welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's exciting. So tell us how you found your way to the Walt Disney Archives. What was your journey to get there? Oh, my journey was uh, kind of all over the place. I, I went to school in Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon, for acting and moved out here to pursue that. And in my spare time to make money, I was a carpenter at a scenic fabrication shop. We built large-scale exhibitions. Titanic and King Tut and that kind of thing. Whoa. And I did that for a long time and then went over to a fine art installation shipping company where I met my boss at Disney, who would become my boss because Disney was a client. And he offered me a job and I took it. And it's been f- over five years. So it's been great. That's cool. how I ended up here. <laughs> Congrats. What does an exhibitions manager do? So we have multiple displays and loans and exhibitions that we curate both internally and externally. At any given time, we have 20 to 30 displays going at the same time, so all over the world. So it's a matter of making sure that everything's kind of kept at the standards that we are trying to present to the public from an archives perspective and from a Walt Disney Company perspective, but also keeping everything on track as far as logistics and shipping and making sure everything is is safely handled. Because at the end of the day, that's really our job is we have these priceless artifacts that need to be safe handled. And, it's kind and of important. Yeah. If we, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if anything goes wrong, it's my responsibility. So <laughs> I try to do the best I can there. So Becky Klein, the yes. director of the archives, was here a, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. or actually last year, I should say, which is still sort of a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Talked a little bit about the Archives 50th, but can you talk a little bit more specifically about how Inside the Walt Disney Archives came to be? Yes, it was uh, a roundabout way. We work with a marketing team in Japan, and we've done four exhibitions with them. So they approached us for the new one. This was back in 2017. So they, they came and said, we want to do something focused on the archives and what you guys do there. And originally it was... The Walt Disney Archives, warts and all. That's the way they pitched it to us. What? So we were like, appealing title. Eh, you know, I don't know if we're going to do warts and all, but we'll, we'll focus on the archives. It's going to be Princess and the Frog themed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would have been cool. It was neat that they wanted to explore who we were as a department and and what we do specifically. There was a lot of challenges, obviously, trying to curate something for a Japanese audience. A lot of people don't even know uh, domestically what an archive is. So trying to explain <laughs> that through a translation is very difficult. So we relied more on kind of thematic vignettes. So instead of focusing on 
the costume collection or the prop collection and how those are different and getting into those weeds, it was more of like Pirates of the Caribbean or Alice in Wonderland. And it was very successful. It traveled for 18 months. It saw millions of visitors over that time. So when we decided to bring it domestically and kind of curate it and retool it for a domestic audience, that really gave us the opportunity to look at it and say, okay, now we can really dive in and say, you know, this is the prop and this is how it's handled and this is where it came from and this, you know, who made it and the costume designers and it's great. Personally, I, uh, I'm really excited about it. I think people are going are gonna to dig it. So, What is the oldest item in the exhibit? Well, the oldest by year would be the gilded birdcage that Walt bought in New Orleans that kind of sparked his interest for audio animatronics. Wow. Well, let, let's be clear, though. It was already that old when he bought it. Correct. So it wasn't like he bought it in 1901 or whatever No, 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 it yeah. Made. It's early 1900s. We don't have an exact date, but very early 1900s. Wow. Um, is when it was made, manufactured. He bought it years later. But as far as the earliest that was produced or made by Disney, it's um, a megaphone from the Laughograms. Oh. Uh, that he would produce in his hometown with Roy. So that one dates back to 1919, Wow, I believe. I know that we have a lot of fabulous Disney geeks who listen, but for those who may not know what Laughagram was, can you talk a little bit about that? It has incredible roots to the company, yes. which are important. Yeah. Um, so Laughagram was a small studio that was started by Roy and Walt back in, uh, in his hometown. They would produce uh, mainly the Alice comedies, which was what originally got the contract to start the Walt Disney Company, which is another artifact that we'll have on display at the Bowers, which is wow. super cool. It's the yeah, original documentation, the contract that was signed to form the company based on Whoa. the Alice Comedy's contract. So cool. it's very cool. But yeah, that was what sparked the, the company as a whole, and they were able to move out here and start producing films. Of course, there's a lot of things that happen in between, <laughs> but that's the general uh, gist of it. it, was, it was, uh, it's a neat story. Yeah, can you pick a favorite thing in the exhibit? Another cool thing that we did is that we were able to kind of expand when we added objects to this, and we took some out that were in Japan and really give the idea of how big our collection is. So we have, for example, the What About Bob puppets from the movie. (laughs) And the reason, it might seem odd why that's in there, but the reason it's in there is because it, if you're looking at over, all of these, these um, uh, props and costumes, to see something like that, it's like, oh, that's totally out of left field, you know? And then you start thinking, well, gosh, what else is in here? And then you look over here, and it's the blue head from the Jungle Book film. That, personally, oh. I love that, uh, that object because it's from the uh, 2016 Jungle Book that John Favreau did, and he made these puppets that are full-scale to the animals so that the actor playing Mowgli could have something to interact with on the green screen on the soundstage. So they had these giant heads and the blue one is massive (laughs) and they would act with it, you know, and, and that's, that gives you an example of something that might not be a screen worn quote unquote object, but it's still a very important asset to our collection. So I, I really like that one. So we solicited questions for you. Some of them we've already given you from followers on social media uh, using the hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And if you do have questions for any of our upcoming guests, we'll be posting those on social using that hashtag. And if 
you have questions for us, you can post them there too. Yeah, bring it. Uh, but but uh, Robert, so one question we got was, will there be any live streaming of anything from the exhibit um, that people can see who may not be able to make it there? Actually, we haven't announced anything yet, but we will be involved with D23 in a live streaming event for the uh, exhibition that we have here at the Frank G. Wells on the studio lot. I've got to say that exhibit is beautiful. It's really celebrating 50 years of the archives. You guys, we should all walk over there at some point. It's beautiful. It is so (laughs) close. And they did such a great job. So that'll be fun for D23 members to get a chance to to see that um, for those who can't make it to the tours of the studio lot. Well, we've been talking about the exhibit this whole time, but we have yet to mention when it will open. (laughs) When does it open? How long does it run? The exhibit opens March 7th and runs through August 30th. So it will be at the Bowers that whole time. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, closed on Monday. So get your tickets. Cool. (laughs) And there is a special preview for D23 members before that. So uh, if it's not sold out already, grab your tickets for that too. Yeah. Are there any other ways you can celebrate the Archives 50th anniversary this year? Yes, we are involved with quite a few things. Everything that we're doing in my department in exhibitions and loans and displays, everything's going to have an overlay of the 50th. So we're trying to curate it, all, even if it's just a few items in a case, with the idea of celebrating the 50 years that the Archives have been with the company. So. Keep your eye out for that. Carthay Circle at Disneyland is one specifically that we'll be swapping out a few times this year. Other than that, there's the LCAP screenings. We will be doing one every month, I believe. We just had the Fantasia screening. So in each one of these, we'll have a display case. We'll have some objects, some original objects from our collection, as well as a, a short talk before the film and an archivist or myself or somebody on site to kind of talk with fans and and just be there so that's really exciting we also have destination d in november which is if in case nobody knows about that which i'm sure everybody does but (laughs) every other year in florida we do destination d and it's always a, a lot of fun this year we're focusing on the archives 50th so it's 50 objects from our collection that kind of tell the story of who the archives is. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I believe it's going to be quite a big exhibit this year. So Nice. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, we end every interview asking our guests what their favorite Disney memory has been. Favorite Disney memory. So I have always been a fan of Disney, but I'll admit that I've grown to appreciate it a lot more over the last five years. For me, I think what finally hit home when we were curating this exhibit for Japan, I wanted to put in the Steamboat Willie script. And we have the original, the story script in our collection. And I thought, well, I have to go get it. We're going to digitize it and reproduce it so we can send it to Japan. And I went to get it and I picked it up and started looking through it and it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this isn't just a script. This is one of the most iconic pieces in Americana history, really. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's responsible for creating such an iconic character and brand that is ingrained in all of us. And it's uh, it was fantastic. That's really when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> I get to work here. So Love that. So we cool. all are. It's, it's, I feel uh, like yeah. if that were me, I would handle it with white gloves. Oh, absolutely. And like, <laughs> be white very gloves. careful that's, to that's tongs. That's the way we do it. Yeah. I don't want to dirty yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I'm excited about the exhibit. Yeah, me too. I hope everybody can come down. And if you see me in there, then come over and say hi. We will. Yeah. 
So actually, the day that we get back from Walt Disney World, I'm going to be heading down to the Bowers for the opening of that exhibit. I can't cool. wait. Oh. So uh, I will report back, and uh, maybe you guys should join me down there for that. Oh my gosh, road trip again? <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> wow. You can never have enough. <laughs> it's true. Totally. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news, a fantastic guest. And of course, don't miss our video podcast from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.